Good evening. Tonight on Thursday Night Talk, I am joined in the studio by student activists. Uh, Mackenzie Ridgewood is on her way here. She will be here shortly. And sitting here right now is Fiona Murphy and Jacqueline Opalock, and they're from Arcata High. And you will hear their thoughts and their voices as we approach March 24th and the March for Our Lives. The March for Our Lives movement is created, inspired, and led by students across the country who say they will no longer risk their lives waiting for someone else to take action to stop the epidemic of mass school shootings. Over 800 marches will take place across the United States as well as in other countries this Saturday. Locally, people will meet at the Arcata Playhouse at noon and uh, we'll find out more about uh, what will be happening there. But I want to say welcome to Thursday Night Talk. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, let's start by introducing yourselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourselves, Fiona. Um, so, as you know, my name's Fiona. I go to Arcata High and I am part of our journalism program. So, I'm the news editor for Pepperbox. And I feel very strongly about gun control. <laughs> um, my name is Jacqueline Oplack. I'm also an Arcata High student, I'm a junior. And I'm also involved <laughs> with our high school newspaper, the Pepperbox. I'm a feature editor, and we've been, Fiona and I, and Mackenzie, who's coming, have been getting very involved in the march, both through our club, Apprentice Entertainment, which is organizing the march that's going to be on Saturday, and through our newspaper, um, The Pepper Box, which is going to be activism-themed. It's coming out tomorrow. So, yeah, we're doing pretty much everything we can think of to be a part of this movement. Now, Apprentice Entertainment, uh, tell me about that. Did you Was that recently created? Um, it's actually been happening for a very long time. Um, and it's a teen group designed to plan safe events for teenagers. Um, they're kind of alternative. We've never done anything like this before, though. Everything else we do is kind of fun social events. We put on an anti-prom in the May and, like, gender blenders, stuff for teenagers to, like, meet each other. Um, but a few months ago or like a month ago, um, <laughs> we were looking into who would be, if anyone would be arranging a march in Arcata, and when we didn't find anything, we thought we'd do it. Um, Fiona got involved, and it's just been a really good process um, to do something political instead of social. Yeah, and I'm actually, I wasn't originally part of Apprentice Entertainment. I had just been scrolling through Twitter and then and got inspired, like, hey, is there a march in Arcata? Because, you know, I want to go to one, and I didn't find one, and I was like, why don't I do it? And so I kind of started going through those mov mov movements, talking to like the people in the women's march and stuff. And then another person in Pepperbox, who was also part of Apprentice Entertainment, kind of got together with me because we realized, oh, hey, we're both planning this. We should probably get together and plan it together instead of planning two separate marches. And so we kind of combined, and now we're all working through Apprentice. Now, in Humboldt County, we have... Um the Arcata March is, is the, the march that, that most people will be attending. Because I've noticed for the Women's March, um, I went to a, the Zero to Fierce Festival, and they had people talking about the marches. And unbeknownst to a lot of people, there were marches in other areas that we didn't even know about until afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and that might, that might just happen organically. Mm -hmm. This is very well planned. You have researched it. Tell me about, a little bit about how did you... Uh, go ahead and connect with other people. I mean, a thought becomes, an idea becomes, the, how's the action take, um, take place? A lot of it took place through social media. 
because since we're teenagers, we're really active on social media, and it's a great way for us to reach, especially our peers, since this is what this march is focused on. And I had reached out to Women's March people through Facebook, because you can look and see who's running Facebook groups and such. And then, like, we already knew each other through Pepperbox, mm-hmm. and so it was easy to kind of combine that march. And then just reaching people who weren't, who just people in Humboldt, it was pretty easy to just go through social media to make a Facebook, make an Instagram, and then, of course, you know, your flyers, your press releases, your radio shows. Mm -hmm. Through Apprentice Entertainment, we already had some connections in how to do that stuff because we've been involved in trying to publicize events before. Um, So we already kind of knew how to do those things. But, yeah, social media was the main thing. But reaching out to news and people who had been involved with the Women's March was a big part of it. And um, a lot of people reached out to us, which was really cool. A lot of speakers uh, came to us and requested that they would have a slot um, before the march, which will take place noon to one. We'll be speaking. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good. A lot of attention. So, so at the Playhouse, the uh, speakers will be? Or mm-hmm. is that going to be yes. in the... Okay. It's going to be at the Playhouse. So people will arrive at noon and we'll have sort of some sort of setup um, where speakers will be kind of... I think, yeah, they're going to go... If anyone's ever been to the Playhouse, there's the stairs up to the roof, and we're going to use that little... Oh, so it's like a a Vita. Nice and high up, so they can look across at the crowds. Oh, Uh that's exciting. Uh There's a lot of energy in that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So so people asked you, is is that kind of nice for people to be calling you to say, hey, I want to participate in this? Yeah, it's an amazing feeling to have so many people kind of reaching out and being like, wow, people really want to get their message across and they really want to speak and it's just so like positively affirming and it feels amazing to get that kind of support and just joining us here is Mackenzie Ridgewood hello hello hi why don't you uh, introduce yourself to uh, our listening audience here um I'm Mackenzie Ridgewood and I'm a junior at Arcata High School are you part of the uh, Pepper Box crew as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I just love the name of that. Thank um, you. <laughs> yes. Pepper, it really just kind of uh, typifies everything. Let's talk about that since we're on this subject. So at Pepper Box, you've been um, uh, maybe a couple years for each of you been um, involved? This is my first year. I've been doing it for two. I've been doing it for a couple of weeks. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and how did you get involved and why did you want to become involved? Um, I thought it was a really good outlet for student voice, and I wanted to be a part of that. Do you get a lot of um, uh, letters from students that you print with their opinions in it? Mm. Or is it mostly you're doing, uh, you know, journalism 101? Yeah, well, I mean, we don't really get a lot of letters for students. We'll get feedback from them just kind of like, hey, we kind of, like your friends will be like, eh, I don't know how I felt about this issue, and we'll kind of go over that. But it's a lot of us doing a huge brainstorming session, kind of finding a theme and then going off there. And then occasionally some like news will pop up and we'll just really quick report on something. But a lot of it's just us generating ideas. Yeah. Pepperbox, um, I really wish it were an outlet for as many students as possible. And I've actually recently been trying to publicize to people, you can write a letter to the editor. Anyone can publish anything they want in the Pepperbox. Um, And so we're kind of like going towards that goal to get more people involved with it, even if they're not taking the class. We do have a club that people don't participate in, but it (laughs) does exist. And um, it would just be great if more people got involved. But 
Um, we did actually have some guest writers in our most we have issue. we had um, three people write in, kind of going along with the we call BS thing from Emma Gonzalez's speech. And so we have like three little like hundred fifty word letters written in from students, and there I like that about this issue that we got to pull in more people, and it's really I think it's powerful. Well, since we're on the topic of Emma Gonzalez, I mean she did she did bring with her I call BS, and into, I mean she might as well just been a pop up right over her head when she was talking <laughs> because it really did generate. Oh, wow! I know if you've seen some of like the art that's come out of that, it is literally above her head, and it's beautiful. <laughs> Oh wow! Now for for two weeks, uh, uh, Mackenzie, you said you've been part of it. What 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 drew you into wanting to be part of uh, journalism, which you know could be social or could be uh, political? Um, all the above. I've always really liked writing, and my friend Jacqueline was like one of the little editors, so <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be a lot of fun to do. It is fun. Yeah, J- journalism is fun. Is that you know, it's. It must be harder for you than when I was in high school and in college doing journalism, although it's a, a similar thing with, you know, Watergate and the suspicions of the government and all that and, and, and issues of violence. But um, uh, the the serious topics that you're dealing with now, uh, particularly, you know, this March and uh, school shootings, um, what made you decide to to glean on that was it just the the students from parkland florida who who grabbed your attention was it emma with the i call bs was that your aha moment she definitely contributed all of them all the parkland (laughs) students contributed but it's come to a point where teenagers are like we have to do something and it's very inspiring to see that and it's almost like for me personally and i'm sure for other people in pepperbox it's and this club it's like we can't not get involved we must do something we must contribute if to this we don't get involved we're complicit it's yeah uh, it, we can't stay silent any longer or we have blood on our hands um so we have to do that we have to step up because no one else is right yeah um yeah so this issue is definitely heavier than other ones we've done in the past something about having high schoolers as your target audience is a lot of some high schoolers aren't (laughs) as interested in reading about heavier subjects so that's kind of been a process to like try and write things that people are really going to get fired up about and really going to be passionate about and um i think we're working towards that and it's going well and i think we have covered heavier issues in the past i've written articles about consent and there's been like we've reported on some heavier topics and stuff and i think this issue is might hit people a little harder than those past ones because it's so close to home and i think that's a lot of the reason why this is so sort of almost infuriating in like it's causing this fire among high school students is because it's so close to home. It's kind of, it seems it's more real than a lot of other issues because we're, we're seeing it and we're feeling it. And I mean, I would say a lot of us are kind of have that little bit of fear that kind of makes us feel that need to like educate ourselves and read about it hopefully in Pepper Rocks and then step up and do something about it. Yeah, once you start to organize, 
whether they be your thoughts or your friend's thoughts and communicating that, then you want to do something about that and demonstrate something. Is Will this be your first march that you've been uh, um, participating in? Uh, participating in terms of organizing? Or yes. Just participating? Yes. Um, for me, at least. Yeah, this is my first time yeah. organizing a march. <laughs> yeah, I've never, or- I've been to many marches, but yes. never. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the marches you've been to, Mackenzie. Um, well, the Women's March was a big march, and then, I mean, more of a parade, but Gay Pride is one that I always <laughs> go to. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I was mentioning the Zero to Fears Festival and stuff, and there was a, there was a panel there about uh, marches and why why do you go to a march um so before we get into a lot of it why why did did you go to a march well how does that make you feel when you go to a march i always feel like i'm part of what's making the change like change takes a long time like suffragettes and all of that takes a long time but every step makes a difference and more people coming together is always you know quite a sight to see and I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. It feels very empowering. It just feels so incredible to be a big part of a big group. Like, even if you're not putting it on, if you're just one in the crowd, you're one in the crowd. And if the crowd is huge, it's so amazing. Seeing those aerial pictures of D.C. when the Women's March happened or even Eureka when the Women's March happened, it's incredible. The turnout is amazing. And it just feels so good to be a part of something like that. And it's just empowering. It's like we have power as teenagers. We don't have a vote, but we can still make a change. We still have the resources to do this, to make our voices be heard. And this is how we're doing it. It feels really good. And soon we will have a vote. And mm-hmm. I think getting involved now as younger people will get more people thinking about what they're mm-hmm. going to do, the choices they're going to make, and not just following the steps of their parents. Like looking around at what their peers are doing and making choices for themselves. Yeah, there's one thing to go to uh, an event that you mentioned, uh, like a Pride, which is a more celebratory. It's it's celebrating uh, maybe your family, someone else's family, you know, it, the, the diversification of our community. And there's a real, like I said, a celebratory feeling to that. And then there's another thing when you're going to a march, which has a, uh, has, uh, an issue that is impacting your life, um, yet you are also celebrating with other like minds there, knowing that collectively, you know, that that it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to KHG's Thursday Night Talk. I'm Brenda Starr. My guests are Fiona Murphy, Mackenzie Ridgewood, and Jacqueline Opalak. And we're discussing the March Against Gun Violence and four changes to the way guns are purchased. This Saturday is the March for Our Lives, a student-led national and world event. Here in Arcata, the March will gather at the Arcata Playhouse at noon, as we said. You can join us on the conversation. Your comments, feelings, questions, concerns are welcome. Please call us here at the studio at 826-4805. Our toll-free number is 800-640-5911. And if you don't want to be on the air, you can text us at 492-5478. And uh, Michael will read your message on the air. We do welcome your calls. Well, less than a month from the tragedy at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, there's been a lot of communication and discussions regarding school safety. Uh, this station uh, had a special on guns in schools asking the question, are guns the answer? There was a teacher, a school administrator, a school resource officer. And the takeaway from that program was that no law enforcement want teachers to be armed and that adult personnel need to know their students 
and for the students to be able to trust them. So I wanted to bridge, you know, our show with that, asking asking you a question. Is there someone at your schools that you feel safe talking to? If a student knew another had a gun, talked about guns, could you discuss that with adult personnel? I Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I would definitely feel comfortable talking to probably any teacher saying, hey, I, this person has a gun. And I think our school's pretty good with having supportive teachers and supportive I think staff. that more of the time it's friends talk to friends and then one of those friends is willing to mm-hmm. go forth to administrators or teachers. I think that not everyone will just go right up to a teacher if they hear something or they think something. It's more of like it gets circulated around first, I think. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, it might, I, I think what you're saying was very true. It might take a couple bounces, but at some point, mm-hmm. if someone had a weapon at school, it would probably get to someone who can do something about and it. And then it's up to the people to decide then to it, do something yes. about it. How much discussion has been going on at uh, at your school, Arcata High School, since, well, since, uh, probably since you got to school. I mean, there have been school shootings yeah. <laughs> every year. We, a lot. Well, the three of us especially uh, might not have the average high schooler's answer to this because we're in the journalism class. So I haven't had a discussion about it in any of my classes besides my journalism class um, or very brief conversations about it. But we talk about it every day. The three of us talk about it every day. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I do wish it were more talked about in other classes, maybe history social yeah um, in social classes but i talk about it in i would say probably about half my classes so that's three classes well in i mean in my english class we do talk about a lot of current events and we'll spend entire classes on discussion and after a lot of shootings we have a lot of people in that class who really like to talk about their opinions and are very outspoken and we're also we're pretty small class too so it we have that feeling and we all know each other pretty well that you can just sort of talk about what you want to and the teacher facilitates that discussion and I think that's really good and then also in my history class we'll watch some current events like some CNN 10 and that sort of thing so we get that discussion in (laughs) and I think that's really helpful because we do get a lot of opinions in there and even if we'll have lots of um debates I would say sort of happening in there which is really good because it gets the discussion across and everyone kind of hears it that's what I was wondering dialoguing with those whose opinions are different yeah um another this kind of I'm bringing it back to Pepperbox but I also really actually um want to seek out people with more differing opinions because we do come from a liberal high school and the issue coming out tomorrow is liberal um but I mean, people, we come from, like, a liberal county. Yeah, yeah. really. We have a, well, I mean, we have a couple things in there. We have, we have people, like, yeah. who are stating other opinions, but it is largely focused in the same direction, and it would definitely be great to get more I people out on that. I actually did pursue getting an article in from a pro-gun person, this issue. Uh, very much so. <laughs> I've tried very hard to contact this person, but they weren't really getting back to me. Um, and I was very disappointed because I really wish that that side of you was represented. And I think that's the best. I think that our news would be better if both sides are represented because I think that's the most fair, uh, true way to give true news. And um, 
I think that really would benefit the paper. But unfortunately, there's not many students at our school that have that point of view. And the ones who do feel very, uh, they're a minority. And so it's probably scary for them to come forward and say, hey, I really disagree with you guys, um, which I totally understand. And we try to respect those people, but they don't really come forward. It's interesting that you say that because on the show on Tuesday night, there was to be somebody who was a firearms expert to lend that perspective, or at least their perspective of feeling that guns are safe or they could be safe. Mm-hmm. And and that person wasn't able to make it. So it did. You know, you think you have a, mm-hmm. a full discussion going on, and then if a piece of that is gone, um, there is, you know, how do you fill that in? We can't mm-hmm. talk for people. They can't talk for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to have a dialogue. Now, what about social media? You, you know, how about branching out um, to I mean, other parts of the country where, where other students are having well, a conversation? We have a March for Our Lives Instagram account, and we get a lot of people disagreeing with us on there and it's always interesting how we respond to them because we don't want to shoot down their ideas and say like oh like you're wrong we just want to like try to get their point of view but it's also hard to just listen when you have such opposing views so that's one thing that we kind of like were struggling with and had to just kind of say like we understand where you're coming from thanks for what you're saying like yeah there's definitely a lot of that sort of thing and we've had articles about it on the Lost Coast Outpost and you know how the Lost Coast Outpost is with the comment section and then I've definitely had to like me and my friends have had to be like we can't read these sometimes with that sort of blow locks like we just can't look in the comments anymore no it's, it's not, a double-edged it's sword it's damaging <laughs> it's yeah. a double-edged sword and in, in a way you get someone's opinion but then you have basically an anonymous opinion yes, or, or exactly. whatever setting um, up a forum. I keep bringing this back to Pepperbox. I like I it. All it. things lead back to Pepperbox. I like that. Yes. Um, but it's a platform in which you can have more sophisticated discussions. Social media is a place where a lot of arguments happen. Yeah. Um, and even though it's a great a platform, uh, it's also a good place for people to hide behind. And I really think that putting your words in a structured piece thinking about it for a long time is really a more powerful way than to just angrily type behind a screen and you know press post yeah. so. you almost get more truth from just angry That's tech or yeah like more truth messages. of opinion but sometimes less truth of facts right i think that well it's your passionate better. opinion right yeah. it comes yeah. it comes from get your the pathos, gut but not the ethos mm-hmm. That's very true <laughs> well out of grief and anger um got channeled this march for our lives right. yeah. so mm-hmm. you know you, good things come out of come out of that as well mm-hmm. absolutely so what how would you handle kickback um breathing <laughs> <laughs> start with breathing and then depending on where it is um either just trying to ignore it or replying with a concise and thank you for your opinion i leave it there because we are trying to facilitate a calm and peaceful sort of non-polarizing environment for this conversation this march to happen and especially if we're on like the march for our lives instagram we can't have that we can't blow back against people if we disagree with them we have to keep it calm and um kind and accepting even if the people disagree with us even if we disagree with what they believe they disagree with what we believe 
there's going to be a clash there, but we have to keep it calm. Because it is it good to hear what they are saying. Like, ask them questions about why they believe what they're mm-hmm. saying and just, like, where they're coming from. Now, is, is a lot of the kickback because... Um, Students are now asking for a stricter gun control. Students are now asking not only for a platform to speak out, but for, for act, actual actions to be taken place. Yeah, I think that some people think it's not our place because we're kids. And it is because people just like us are getting killed. People younger than us are getting killed. And people in general are getting killed. We're all part of the same race. Like, we should definitely have a say in the matter. Uh, and people also, I think, believe that there are many, like, I come from a background that does not have guns in it, and maybe they feel that we don't understand, like, that it gives them a feeling of protection. Um, and that's a fair argument, you know, but it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of blowback comes because people, you know, they are raised to believe they're kind of raised as a if you're raised in a family with guns you feel comfortable about them they I guess would be a part of your life sort of and it also we live in America where our second amendment to our constitution which is pretty close up there um, is that we can have we have the right to bear arms and so it's kind of ingrained in American society the right to have deadly weapons um and so I think a lot of that comes from people thinking we're trying to take away their rights, even if, because there's always that miscommunications, like, yes, I would love to not have any guns in the entire world. I would love to just not, not have guns because they cause so much death. But then that's not going to happen. And I think there needs to be more clarity on that we're not trying to take away all guns. It's semi-automatic like rifles, those high-capacity, high-powered ones that have the capability to be turned into automatic weapons and can tear through flesh and just, like, they're more... If you read the New York Times article that they did on the difference between, like, say, a pistol and an AR-15, the bullet wounds are extremely different, and it's shocking. It's like someone's entire leg has been shattered. And so... I'd love to see those guns gone, and I think there's a bit of a miscommunication there, which is causing a lot of sort of more backlash about this. It mm-hmm. gets very visceral. I mean, the Second Amendment was written when there were muskets. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. I would it love took, to like, go back muskets. a minute. How about we own, you can have any gun as long as it's a musket. You can have any musket you want. <laughs> The only time I ever held a musket is, is, was in the 60s, and we're, we're putting flowers down then, and it was a prop. <laughs> But <laughs> but it would be something to try to have to load yeah. that over yeah. and over again. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. The times have changed. The yeah. guns are not the same as they were when the Second Amendment was made, and people yeah. don't seem to... Other laws have changed mm-hmm. since then. I don't see why that shouldn't change a little bit, too, because guns have changed, people have changed, other weapons have changed. There should be... The laws should change with them, evolve. <laughs> And the Second Amendment calls for a well-regulated mm-hmm. militia, well-regulated. So that yes. there is, there's parts of the of the argument that you probably can take to streamline. So it's not one big thing that seems so powerful that yeah. gets everybody's chest, you know, heaving up and down yes, on all sides. And that's that. the other thing. Like gun control is 
very heavy and it's more of like a gun regulation that we want because gun control just has you know a harsher meaning behind it and i think it's, it's like regulation government control of everything of and what that we want. freaks people out yeah it's like no, well, it's like another issue, safety. which is very visceral, which is abortion. Yeah, so you have people coming up with the pro-life, you know, well, who's not for pro-life, but that, that's supposed to mean mm-hmm. something. And then so, so you have these diametrically mm-hmm. opposed and it's harder to have conversations. I, I feel yeah. like the Second right, Amendment yeah. and guns is very similar in that way. Absolutely. So I want people to know you're listening to KHSU's Thursday Night Talk. A number and to star my guests here in the studio are Fiona Murphy, Mackenzie Ridgewood, and Jacqueline Opalak. They are from Arcata High School. We are discussing the March Against Gun Violence and for changes to way guns are purchased. This Saturday is the March for Our Lives, a student-led national and world event. Here in Arcata, the march will gather at the Arcata Playhouse at noon. You can join in on the conversation. Uh, please call here at the studio, 826-4805. If you're out of the area, 800-640-5911. If you don't want to be on the air, you could text us at 492-5478, and your messages will be read on air. We do welcome your calls, your feedback, and your comments to our guest. Part of what I believe um, students have recently brought, though, is some real, real stuff, real, real stuff from Congress. Uh, first of all, the Florida students just want to give a shout out. We mentioned Emma Gonzalez. We call BS. Who can, who, you know, no one can forget who she is now, <laughs> That's the right? first one that made me cry. I so know, I she know. She gets props for that. <laughs> David Hogg, Cameron Kasky, Alex Wind, and uh, Sarah Chadwick, they've been very instrumental, uh, the students from uh, from Florida, in 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 speaking out and gathering and being the spokespeople uh, for for a movement. Um, so their balancing school and activism has led to they went to D, they're going to DC on the on the um, on Saturday, but they also went to the Florida state legislatures. They also instigated the walkout on the 14th and the March for Our Lives. Congress last week, the House passed the Stop School Violence Act, authorizing 50 million dollars a year to bolster school security. But it does not restrict gun access. It does not even mention the word gun. The recent, um, uh, let's see, um, Congress has approved the budget. The Senate hasn't yet. But in it, guns. The bill includes the Fix NICS Act. It's a bipartisan legislation aimed at improving the National Instant Criminal Background Check System that is used for to screen U.S. gun buyers. It provides for incentives and penalties to encourage federal agencies and states to send records to the federal database in an effort to prevent the type of oversight that preceded last year's church massacre in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Democrats pushed for more aggressive gun laws, including universal background checks, but only won a minor concession. Language in the report accompanying the bill clarifying that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention can, in fact, conduct research into gun violence. A long-standing writer known as the Dickey Amendment, which states that no Center for Disease Control funds may be used to advocate or promote gun control, has been interpreted in the past to bar such research. The amendment itself remains. So there is movement, and yet... It's kind of like in quicksand. <laughs> right. The movement is if you move, you're well, you're going to come down even closer. So how do you feel about what what legislators think they're doing and are they doing anything? I think it's kind of like a yo-yo. Mm-hmm. 
and it it almost it gives the impression of oh stuff's happening like we can take a break we can calm we can just like take a little relax they're doing it they're doing their job but in reality it's not enough and more needs to happen and we need to keep um pushing forward now you have a platform with Pepperbox mm-hmm. to always push this forward for your, you know, as as long as you're in high school, mm-hmm. and then probably moving forward when if you're going into higher education, mm-hmm. you know, maybe coming here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and and seeing where that leads to, and then eventually, what everybody talks about is you get to turn eighteen, you get to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you like that to look like? When when you're getting ready to vote, what do you want? I want to have someone and something that I can feel proud bo- voting for. I want to have that. And I want to see all of my peers going out to vote in crowds. I want to wait in line for hours to vote. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I think that this generation has a lot of fire and we're very passionate um maybe that's just because of where i live and the people i'm surrounded by but also you can see it it's across the nation there's a lot happening there's a lot of people rising up so hopefully and i'm really hoping that we'll see a change um we'll continue to promote it and do what we can to spread what we believe and educate people just like yeah generation reformation we're trying to reform (laughs) yeah (laughs) well right after florida i said i just said this is generation action (laughs) that's what i call y'all generation um, action we're we're trying to push reformation generation because it rhymes it sounds pretty cool and i love the reformation yeah (laughs) michael said we have a text We do, and uh, they wanted to know about continuing advocacy after the march is over and also what other people can do to be involved. Maybe not uh, people, maybe not the, maybe not young people, maybe people, adults and older folk. Um, Well, after the march, there is a walkout on April 20th. Um, Arcata High School, and I believe most of the high schools in our area, will be on break but you can still participate by supporting, posting about it on social media, um, that sort of thing. And then there's just that ongoing letters to Congress, text Congress, call Congress, show them people are out there and people are, Mm -hmm. they want something to happen. That's what has been really clear to me since the last, since Parkland. Um, Usually, which totally sucks but usually it seems like after a shooting people kind of stop talking about it after a couple weeks this time it's staying and we keep marching and we'll just maybe we'll keep planning marches you know maybe more marches will come and we'll just be like we're still here we're still talking about this we're still going to post about it we're still going to write letters we're still going to make phone calls and we're not going to shut up until we see something happen because that's what it takes you know we aren't going to see change overnight and um yeah, that's what we plan to do. So, <laughs> marches is a way to be seen. Yeah, to march yeah. is and, to be seen. Um, for the adults who want to support, of yes. course, going to yeah. march, calling Congress, texting Congress, writing Congress, all of that. But then also, um, if you're an adult who owns a gun, there is the one less movement where people are either destroying their guns, they're actually sawing them with like um, like table saws Chops and saws, such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's extremely powerful. Or 
um, taking your gun into law enforcement and surrendering it, you would definitely need to look up the proper procedures because you don't want to walk into a police station with a gun. (laughs) Not a good plan. I think we've reached out to (laughs) the... Um, to someone in the police force and they said uh, leave your gun and your ammo in your car hidden walk into the police station and state what you want to do and you will be guided from there Um, other ways to support is support your teenagers support your elementary schoolers support your children and their friends in advocating and in acting and social media too like it's not just teens on social media maybe like Snapchat and Instagram but you know a lot of people have Facebook, and that is something that is widely used, and everyone can post everything on there. Something that doesn't go away immediately. Right, yeah. yeah. And Twitter. And t- Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you had um, conversations with law enforcement in regards to, you know, a lot of communities have uh, gun buyback. Uh, would that be something that maybe um, part of a, a student group could have conversations with law enforcement like when are you when are you going to do this again can our county do this can we afford to do this often they give you know fifty dollars back to somebody who turns their guns in i had been i've been talking to a woman named diane who was interested in getting something like that set up because i know the city of eureka i think has done it in the past i'm not sure if it was a buyback but it was um where people could come surrender or like just get rid of guns that were like um, criminally maintained, like with the serial numbers filed off and such. Um, and that is something we would probably look into after the march because we're so close on deadline, we can't really add more onto our plate right now. <laughs> but looking at talking to the city of Arcata and the city of Eureka and um, seeing if we can get another event like that going because it's a great way to get less guns around schools less guns just around our county which is and it gives people a chance who are um for lack of a better word pro-gun who who, who mm. want to maintain their guns a way to talk about gun safety themselves a way to talk about well i i you know my family they keep it locked up we can't you know we don't have access to this that and the other and all, and talk about ways that they can uh relate to that will help mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're not... Yeah, of course. Of course, there's gun owners and people who... People might not want to get rid of their guns, but they should be informed on how to safely keep them and how to keep other people safe from their guns so no one can get hurt because Mm -hmm. hopefully that is not anyone's intention when they have guns. (laughs) Now, we often talk when there's a school shooting about uh, mental health issues, too. A lot of... uh, um, Politicians like to say it's all mental health. It's the gun doesn't kill a person, the people kill people, whatever, and uh, and mental health services. Um, with um, our lack of taxes going into our our coming from our county, mm-hmm. going into lots of different things. Social service programs are often the first to get cut, and mental health services are often the first among mm-hmm. those to get cut. So. Um, how do you look at when when people might say, well, it's a mental health issue, not a gun issue? It is very aggravating because it's true that there's a part of a mental health issue there, but it's also a gun issue, you know? Um, you can't harm that many people with a knife. Exactly. You can't harm that many people with a knife. The other thing for me is people who claim it's only a mental health issue 
I feel like you don't often see them taking steps to solve that issue. So this is the way, like, gun control is the fastest way to save lives in this situation, and I feel like that's what we need to do. Yeah. Like Fiona said, you can't kill that many people with a knife if these guns were not available to the public. Way more people would be alive right I now. I think that if more mental health helpers were, like, around, it would be easier, though, because... People knew that, like, the Parkland shooter was having mental health issues and, like, the police were notified, neighbors knew, but still, like, not much was happening there. And he was 18. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it it's part of both, really. And mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a certain level of, because we're in high school, there are a lot of people with... Um, mental health issues who are having trouble and that sort of thing and i would absolutely love it's like a dream of mine that everyone can have is has access to free and like consistent therapy Mm -hmm. and so i think that would be a great next step after we get our gun control (laughs) yeah therapists are very expensive and especially up here in a rural community we have such long waiting lists right it's really hard and so it would be amazing if we could get that sort of um, widespread mental health care that could help with the problem of shootings. But I think that is a step that we have to take after we get that gun control because, as Jacqueline said, gun control is the fastest way to get to help slow these down. Mm-hmm. We can put... It's like a quick fix, and then we can address the more deeply underlying mm-hmm. issues. Right. And then building those together can help solve this. And I mean, back to your, like, ideal everyone has a therapist. If that were true, most of these things would be, like, seen quicker and dealt with sooner. Yeah. Which would be, you know, like, amazing. But these people would be able to get help before right. they have the urges. Before they, yeah, before they have urges to shoot up a school. Because I don't think that's something that just happens overnight. It, right. ha- it has to build up for a mm-hmm. while. You can't just get a gun overnight. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure you can. Uh-huh. We could go I wish down. You couldn't. Hello, I just saw. Oh, the uh, um, there's a gun show in Lolita. Six dollars. Yeah. Six dollars. Yeah. Go in and 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 uh, get what you need. Yeah, yeah. And as you said before, the Parkland shooter, he was only 18. A lot of it is there are mentally challenged, mentally ill people who need help that need attention and. Maybe they're not getting that because people around them are like, oh, it's just teenage janks. They're going through puberty. They're growing up. They're just have all this built up angst. (laughs) And it's not, it's, it's bad because people who need attention don't seek it out a lot of the time. And solving the mental health issue is not possible. It's like without healthcare at this point in time, it's just not going to happen because there's too many people out there that don't want help. People around them don't. And there's still the stigma, big yeah, stigma, yeah. as much so as much we like to think. Stigma. Which affects everyone mm-hmm. right. that has that. And it, again, it takes a lot of time to break down a stigma. And we don't have that time because <laughs> we need action now. <laughs> it ta- t- Change takes time, though, and I think... We do need to look at everything in perspective, and yeah. gun control should be the first thing we look at, but it's not going to happen now. And so while we're fighting for 
like more gun regulations we need to also be fighting for more mental health help well we need a holistic approach <laughs> mm-hmm. and that comes from and that comes from your sense of our community mm-hmm. our holistic approach is how we we approach things here um but as you say uh fiona it's it's got to start with gun control with regulations with restrictions with background checks with limiting i mean there was once upon a time you couldn't sell uh, an assault rifle Mm -hmm. they were actually banned and then as soon as um you know certain people got into office and bought truly by the nra they they didn't like that because gun sales is what Mm -hmm. keeps everybody moving there and uh it seems like every time somebody tries to restrict something, th- there's an analysis of more guns being sold. Right. How do you combat that from your perspective? Oh, um, I mean, not arming teachers because we don't need to sell more <laughs> guns. Because <laughs> I saw an ama- a great quote. I'm not sure. I don't know who said it, but it was, if someone wants to get, it's like if someone want, says you need to have the good guy needs to have a gun to stop the bad guy with a gun. That's just someone who wants to sell two guns. Yeah, that's a good one. Being aware of that and being aware of okay, are people supporting this um, for the right? Do they reasons. want it for money, mm-hmm. or do they actually want it for safety? Like, there's that sort of balance and being aware of people's biases. Do you feel the movement to? to kind of out people who are getting a lot of money from the NRA, like the students did to Marco Rubio in Florida. Uh, do you think that's helpful? I mean, you know, pushing that? Yeah, it's important for people to know who their representatives are. Um, How much money they've gotten from the NRA. Yeah. Yeah, because I know people are lazy. They don't want to do their own research. They want it to be right there in front of them. And so if we have people who do the research and who then widely spread it, like Cameron Kasky did or like Emma Gonzalez did, telling, hey, look at these people. They're taking money from the NRA. It makes it a lot easier for everyone else to kind of realize that. And it's because they don't have to go slogging through like analyses and data reports and stuff because people don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I hope Generation Action gets to is getting the money out of politics. I mean, if you get just this, I know it sounds simple, but if you get the money out of politics, then, then you don't have to, you know, tinker with that one and this organization and all, mm-hmm. you know, all these. If you keep that out, th- that's perhaps one way to, to create a, a, a system where um, we don't have to, we can kind of discount uh, who's getting money from who because it's not going to be the same thing mm-hmm. um, that seems to be a movement that comes and goes comes and goes mm-hmm. um, but it, but it is kind of tied in there now I want to say that uh, President Obama said about your generation your students your activists you helped awaken the conscience of the nation how does that feel any words from Obama make me feel happy. <laughs> so it makes me feel amazing. And I think, yeah, I think he's right because my generation is the generation that's tired of hearing the same fake story over and over again. And we want to wake people and be like, hey, this isn't right. Like, we deserve to be safe in our schools. We deserve to be respected. We deserve to be 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, respected and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think he's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good quote. Teenagers have so many stereotypes around them. We're lazy. We're obsessed with social media. We never do anything, you know. (laughs) And uh, as recent events have made very clear, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe we fit into some stereotypes, but that doesn't define (laughs) I love my memes, but (laughs) I still want gun control. (laughs) Yeah. So... um, it's true, I think, and I think that having a huge mass group of teenagers coming from that place, coming from those stereotypes and rising up is probably powerful. The fact that it's us who are doing this is probably powerful to a lot of people because maybe before they thought we didn't have opinions or if we were lazy or we didn't care about these things, and we do. And um, I think it's really important to use our voice even though we're young we have a voice and we have an opinion Mm -hmm. what do you think Mackenzie (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) I also think I mean since people think we're lazy if we're standing up for something it must be important that's true too I mean (laughs) that's the one thing it's getting us out of the the couch it must be important (laughs) something's wrong (laughs) where do you find your inspiration start with you Mackenzie where do you find your inspiration um, from the people around me, really, like just watching everyone else do something and like helping lead the march is really inspiring to see people follow. Cause I mean, not many people get together to like, you know, do something. And so when something is important and the people come together, it's just really inspiring. And to see all the adults like, teenagers would never do anything and then we do and they're like whoa what (laughs) what's happening that's it's just really inspiring um i agree it's a lot of being surrounded by people who are passionate about the same thing we fuel each other we're really energizing each other we're all passionate we all care so much um also having support from adults like telling having people who maybe have gone through something similar or maybe can relate from their younger days are telling us yeah you have a voice you have power go do it go speak go do what you want to do and that's really cool to be surrounded by adults also like Mackenzie said like proving people wrong showing <laughs> yeah. up you, have you might be fueled by support I'm fueled by tr- proving people wrong <laughs> but um, I want to be the one who's right <laughs> um yeah it's just being a part of something big it's very empowering um I said that before and also for me uh writing is a really big part of my inspiration um just writing an article about this issue knowing that it's there's going to be a thousand copies of it spread into the community that different people will read it it feels really good and it's telling a lot it's like a wide reaching a widespread audience is empowering and it feels really good to know that a lot of people are listening to your voice and um yeah it's cool and just seeing people rise up around the nation it's not just the people near us it's people everywhere it's we're not alone like we're all in this together Mm -hmm. yeah i get a lot of my inspiration just from seeing people who have been through trauma and seeing them especially with the parkland students because they're so vocal about it their writings and their speeches and how they talk and just seeing that and kind of getting that feeling that I can help them. I can help stop this from happening to anyone else. Like, I read this account by a girl who was in the freshman building that really got shot up, and 
it just shook me to my core and I got that feeling like I can help fix this and I think that feeling of I can stop someone from being killed I can stop someone from being traumatized for the rest of their life I can help is just so powerful and it really drives me to want to make this difference Mm -hmm. and to want to like stop the killing and help help people Mm -hmm. that feeling it's like you can help someone so i'm gonna do it like i don't care what it takes i'm gonna help these people and i think that's just so inspirational to be able to do that and to see other people doing that is just so meaningful and it's indescribable We just had a caller, and we had another texter earlier who just wanted to uh, say that they got a lot of inspiration from this program, and they just wanted to uh, thank you guys very much. Thank you. are inspiring others. Thank you. Thank you. You are inspiring others. So let's talk about the march for uh, for a little bit. So um, who is going to sh- uh, show up? The speakers and et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have... What's your, what's your lineup? <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> So we have a few student speakers. We have a girl from Germany who's speaking, which is actually a really interesting perspective. Is she an exchange student? She's an exchange student, yeah. She is attending Arcata High School. Um, so I'm really excited to hear her speech. Yeah, they have a different, you know. Yeah. They don't have... I'm writing a speech. Yeah. Yeah. Are you writing a speech? I am. All right, Mackenzie's writing a speech. <laughs> yeah, we, I think... Did we might... I think we got a teacher. We don't have, we a, don't teacher, have a teacher, but I... We, I got some points from a teacher. Yes, we got some little talking points from teachers. We have... Um, some spiritual leaders are going to lead a get, prayer. Yeah, lead a prayer mm-hmm. and then lead us out with a song. And we're going to have um, a Weyot tribe member welcoming us because, I mean, we are on their land. Yes. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Um, and we're also going to have a student music group from NPA who's going to perform to break up the speeches so you don't get bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then at one o'clock, we'll be uh, you'll be marching from Arcata Playhouse mm-hmm. to the square. Yeah, we're going to walk, go around the plaza and back to the playhouse. So okay, it's a nice little yeah. loop. And, and then, oh, oh yeah. actually, before um, the march and before the talking, we're going to have a couple booths set up where with voter registration and nice. r- letter writing button making mm-hmm. yeah oh that's but right are you doing sign, sign making we do. yeah, we'll have some yeah. sign so, making and we'll have some a ton of ready made signs because yeah. march for our lives and every town and like moms demand action all got together and they sent us a bunch of <laughs> posters that say march for our lives they say we moms have, like, demand action 2000 posters yeah, we have <laughs> so crazy. many we have boxes yeah. and boxes and so if people want to come grab some posters please do Definitely, we have yeah. we have so many extras <laughs> but you can make your own too we'll yes. have a booth for that and um yeah, we're gonna have a lot of setup. So if people want to show up at eleven thirty, yeah, I think you're yeah. saying eleven thirty. If you want to get some fun stuff, done. get involved, register to vote, especially Children, voter registration because, because yeah. we have early registration. If you're sixteen, mm-hmm. you can pre-register to vote. Which, I mean, we I we are Fiona can't, but <laughs> no, Jacqueline I can't. and I definitely are, and it's yeah, it's gonna be really good. That's okay, Fiona. I um, <laughs> I you know. 
my father always instilled in me, vote, 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 vote. And I couldn't wait until I turned 21 to vote. Well, the year I was turning 21, Richard Nixon changed it to 18. And all I could think of was, he wasted three years of my voting <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see the age for voting dropped again, if anyone's feeling that. I'm feeling that. <laughs> love it to be 16-year-olds, 16, 15-year-olds. We're forced into maturity. Yep. We might as well get a voice. So, <laughs> Well, you know, that could That's come accurate. with uh, conscription uh, now that we... Uh, yeah. We, <clears throat> if they put the draft again, of which will no longer just be uh, uh, boys that have to register, mm-hmm. you time. will have to register mm-hmm. as well. Equality means full equality. And from yeah. the bad stuff. But from that might be another movement to maybe lower, you never know, lower yeah. the voting age. Although, let's face it, you know, some people don't want um, uh, youth to vote. And then other people count on youth to vote. And then there's always a disparity there, yeah. which yes. is what, what lends to a lot of, you know, off the cuff comments and and things saying, oh yeah, they're not going to do There's this. But it sounds like from uh, this year, particularly, um, th- this movement is not going away. Mm-hmm. It's not going away at all. Over so, my dead body. Well, ha- <laughs> Even if I'm the last person who's tweeting about it, it's not going away. <laughs> and how do you keep up the momentum after the march? Any parting uh, Social ways? Social media. Use social media, texting, calling, anything you can do to reach Congress, and a lot of social media. Mm -hmm. And I mean, keep planning marches. It's really fun. Yeah. You meet a lot of cool people. We can keep marching. Yes. And, yeah, march for the cause. Don't march to get out of something, because I know a couple students did, which is really hard (laughs) to see, because if you're going to march... March. And then writing essays. So do you write essays, Jacqueline? Is that what you like to write the most? (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I just got that from you. I thought, you know, no, that's that's a that's a wonderful way to. Uh, yeah, I love like to be a columnist. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, writing your columns. Yeah, that's my plan. Is I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you too. Yeah, I mean, I want to mm-hmm. write so much. I just <laughs> want to write everything and publish it, and I want people to read it, and I want to spread my opinion, and I want people to comment and. I just want the conversation to keep going. Like after the march, I don't want the conversation to stop. Even if people aren't marching, as long as people are still talking about it in classrooms, as long as you're still talking about it at home and with your friends, that's the most important part is that we just do not forget about what has happened. Don't be that little blip in the history Mm -hmm. book. Be the whole chapter. (laughs) Right. Be the whole book. Yeah. (laughs) I've been reading a lot for AP Row. I've got to bring that up. And yeah, I was like going off your, like, we're keep writing and stuff. Also, keep using art because art Art. is so powerful. I was like, I'm a painter. And Mm -hmm. if you can use your art to get a message across, that's extremely powerful. Because some people, they're not going to read an entire article. I mean, like, who's got the time? But if you can look (laughs) at a piece of artwork and you can see that. There's a meaning behind it, and there's like it makes you feel something. That's extremely powerful, and that's another way to get your art, across. music, essays, keep, and the pepper box. <laughs> All um, showing up. <laughs> I uh, usually end with a quote, and uh, I want to end with um, a quote from David Hogg from Parkland. Considering how to push their agenda forward, David referred to German novelist Gustav Freytag's Pyramid of Storytelling. And he said, we have the exciting incident, we have the build-up, and we have the climax, but there's no resolution, he said. The resolution is the thing that we're fighting for, and that's our lives.
I want to thank our guests tonight. I want to thank our texters and you, the listener. And until next month, peace, Frog. You've been listening to Thursday Night Talk on KHSU.